0: Hey, I'm Sean Barstow. We appreciate your support, and go Rams.
1: Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105, 1 FM, broadcasting live from the Basketball Development Center here at VCU with special guest Sean Barstow. What's going on, Sean?
0: Not much. Just got done with practice. Just yeah. yeah.
1: I've been calling you the Bear. You like that nickname?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a family name. My, my older brothers were called uh, the Bear growing up, and then since I've been in college, started to get onto me a little bit.
1: Okay, and then you got the Hulu show, The Bear, so I've been saying, yes, Chef, thank you, Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that show, yeah, I but m- that. I might have to. Well, that's all right, man. Well, we love you uh, taking the time to join us here on 910 The Fan. What would you say has been your favorite part of living in Richmond and being a student-athlete for VCU?
0: Uh, I would say fair favorite part about living in Richmond has just been um, the food. Uh, just a, lo- a lot more access to, to different foods since we're in a um, a bigger city where we're in Logan, Utah Just wasn't many food spots um, really a small town 70,000 people. So living in a bigger city definitely have a lot more uh, Variety, so I've joined that and enjoyed that a little bit um, and then bus wise just um, Being at a place that has great facilities great history and uh, fans that really care. Have you picked
1: a favorite food place?
0: Um, probably Nate's Bagels. Oh, really? Yeah. See,
1: somebody told me I needed to ask you about that because you've been spotted there before.
0: <laughs> yeah, not surprised.
1: <laughs> I love a good bagel. It gets me started. I uh, love hitting up Nate's Bagels on the weekend. So how are you feeling, man? You've been beat up a little bit this season, the foot and then the rib injury. How are you feeling right now?
0: Um, yeah, still feeling a bit beaten up, but uh, we're definitely getting better. Um, hopefully just hit the stride by the end of the year and, and finish strong.
1: What's it been like to step into a leadership role here in your first season at VCU? Named one of the three captains.
0: Yeah, I mean it's been fun. Um, you look at the the history of captains at VCU, and it's a, um, yeah, it's a it's a great group to be a part of. You know, I've been a, a captain at Utah State, so um, with Coach Odom as well. So bringing that same leadership that I was doing, and um, yeah, it's been it's been fun.
1: Can you give me a little bit of insight information about what it was like to transfer from Utah State to VCU and your relationship with Max? I mean, did you guys know you were both coming here? What was that like?
0: Yeah, we were definitely getting recruited together. Um we I I I committed first, um and then and then Max kind of shortly after followed suit. Um but but we we were obviously talking um the whole process. We're roommates, you know, we do everything together. So uh we're we're really um, happy to play with each other again, and you know we're excited to do it together.
1: What's he like as a roommate?
0: Um, he's quiet unless you really know him. Um, good guy, good flow. Yeah, down to do whatever. Just yeah. Who's the guy.
1: who's the messier guy? Probably him. <laughs> Does it piss you off at all?
0: Nah, I, <laughs> I I can clean up after one as long as it's not too many.
1: Do you remember the first interaction or the first meeting you had with Max?
0: Yeah, I do actually. Um we went and played uh pick up basketball at a at a church and we really played played really well together from the start, so um that that was on his first day getting in Utah and then yeah, just went from there. Kind of been brothers,
1: friends ever since then. Yeah. So how difficult was your decision to transfer to VCU with Coach Odom?
0: Um, I feel like it like uh, I always would have ended up going where where coach went, I definitely did explore my other options, just see what out what, what else was out there, um, but just the the family vibe and and just knowing him that long, it just was ended up being a, an easy decision.
1: So it was all about the relationship that you had with Odom.
0: Yeah, I would say so. It, it helps that you come to a school like this as well, obviously.
1: And I think you've been terrific on fast break. Some people really take surprise by your leaping ability. What's going through your mind if you're right when you are running the fast break there?
0: Um, just try and make the right decision. Um, I, I don't think I can jump very high right now. My buddy's not allowing me to. <laughs> but ho- hopefully, we'll get a, a couple more highlight plays by the end of the year.
1: And, and I think you talked about in the post-game press conference, like you went on a growth spurt as a kid. Right. I, can give me a little bit more information about how that kind of shaped the player that you are today.
0: Yeah, I was really um, little point guard. Just <laughs> hit hit puberty pretty late, so everyone else was was a lot bigger than me. Um and then it was really when I was I was fifteen years old I, I grew five inches that year and then another two or three the year after and then kinda just became a wing and that handled and, and did a bit more. Um but yeah.
1: Joined by Sean Berstow here on AWOD Radio, the home of VCU Basketball, who will hit the road for a matchup at St. Louis on Friday night. You can hear that right here on 910 The Fan. And you know, I want to know a little bit more about the team meeting that went down following the GW game because the defensive effort has been night and day since then.
0: Yeah, I feel like we're just a a way more connected team, um, and that just allows you to talk to each other differently, allows you to hold each other accountable, and. And just be be together in everything you do. So um yeah, that that's that's really it. Just just all having one goal in mind, being connected and, and going for that goal and just doing whatever it takes to achieve it. And Coach Odom seems to be able to challenge you guys
1: to meet your own standards. I mean, what's it like when, when he's kind of explained to you guys that you can be at this level but you're playing below your standards?
0: Yeah, I mean we we all agree with Coach in that sense. We know um we're really talented and have a lot of really good players. Um, so, so when when coaches is, is telling us these things, we we believe it. We know it's the truth.
1: Sean, in your words, what do you think makes Max Shulga so tough to defend?
0: Um, just so so free and careless in the best way possible.
1: <laughs> you're a captain alongside Max and Zeb. How would you define your role as the captain on the team this year?
0: Um, we, we got we got a lot of a lot of captains. Honestly, um, we have a saying where it's like. You got three captains, but you got 13 leaders. So uh, I think I think that's a big part. Everyone kind of does their job. You know, you might do a little bit more here and there in terms of speeches and stuff. But um, it's a you know it's a, it's a group thing. It's not just one or two people, or three people that do it. It's just a um, yeah, it's family.
1: You like the role of being a guy that that comes up with a speech to motivate people?
0: Uh, I I don't really like like. Th- think or premeditate speeches or anything. I just I feel like I'm a natural, natural leader, and I'm um, kind of always been like that. So just be myself, and yeah, seems to work.
1: Sean, team rebounding—it's been huge
0: as of late. I mean, what
1: was the emphasis, emphasis like that in practice to make sure that you guys could rebound as a team?
0: Yeah, we um we had a couple of where we were just getting um, given up a lot of offensive rebounds, so we we brought out the pads and. um the big shout to Seamus he was running into us full speed with the pads and everyone had to to box him out so uh, just more of an emphasis on it Sean Berstow
1: here with us on AWOD Radio, nine ten the fan. Now at 105.1 FM where you can hear every VCU game and I'm always looking at the box score breakdown and one thing that's stuck out to me a lot this season has been bench points, right? The Rams have dominated the opposing team's bench. How great is that as a starter that you can come to the bench and, you know, watch the lead
0: increase. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh special thing that not a lot of teams have. Um, like I said, we we believe with most talented team in in the A-10 and one of the most talented teams in the country. So um, ha- having those those spark guys off the bench that come in and play hard and play confident and um, aren't mad about coming off the bench either. So that's a um, big key to the team.
1: Yeah, and the team's really playing well, hitting their strides, coming off of a big win at home against Dayton. Looking back, though, when you think about the international trip, how do you think that's helped this team come together?
0: Yeah, it's just a lot of team bonding along the way. Um, just visiting different places, spending a lot of time together. Um, I, I, think, I think that's really helped, especially in a, a year where you have an entirely new coach um, and new staff, new players. Um, it's just a, a whole turnaround, so um, it, it, yeah, it's helped a lot.
1: And what I think is interesting about this team is you've had, I believe, nine different leading scorers in games this season. I mean, it just speaks about the depth on this team and their ability to have any different guys step up. How does that help you guys with the mental side of the game, knowing, hey, if I'm having an off night, somebody else is there for us?
0: yeah I feel like you just know that's not um it's not all on you you know if if you're not not playing your best like you can kind of fill into fill into a role on the team and just do whatever it takes to to help the team win and um and you know the, the, there's going to be a couple of people that'll be there night and then um yeah so on and so on Sean you've got an interesting role on this team
1: where you can play power forward you can be the point forward also are there any strengths to your game that you think we haven't seen yet?
0: Yeah, I think I can definitely shoot the ball a lot better. You know, I sh- shot near 40% last year, and I'm in the teens this year. So uh, I think that has something to do with just being in rhythm and stuff. But I feel like when a couple fall, then the floodgates will open.
1: Yeah, you feel like it's, it's coming later in the season. Yeah. I love to hear that.
0: Hey, I'm Sean Basto. This is VCU Basketball, and you're listening to 910 at the Fan. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910, the fan, now at 105 1 FM, broadcasting live from the Basketball Development Center here at VCU with special guest Sean Barstow. Have you guys made a, a conscious effort to prioritize the effort on the defensive end?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think we just um, we, we know we can win games with our defense, and, and offense will kind of take care of itself, you know, um, winning. 49 and 47 against Dayton you know we obviously want to score more points but holding a team like that to 47 is pretty impressive yeah um, so you know we, we know we, we can do more of the offensive on the offensive end um, so really really taking care of things on the defensive end and, and just relying on our talent on the offensive end and the play calls that coaches call calling.
1: I want to give some love to the big men, Toby Lawall Christian Furman. I feel like they've been terrific this season. Christian Furman, how do you think he's grown this season? feels like he's gaining confidence offensively every game.
0: Yeah, so obviously he wasn't here last year, but uh, from what I've heard, he's just a completely different player. Um, has, a, has a lot to his game now and, and, and plays hard every night. You can definitely definitely rely on him in both ends, and um, you know he, he listens as well, so he's only going to get better.
1: We got Sean Barista, captain for B basketball, hanging out with us here on nine hundred and ten. The fan. So you are very familiar with Ryan Odom's system. Why do you think it suits you so well?
0: Uh, I think it's just that, like you said, I can I can play one through four, um, and and I know I know a lot of the different positions, and and you know that that's big in his offense. He he wants everyone to kind of know multiple positions and stuff like that, and push the break one through four, and everyone one through four kind of um, do a bit of everything. So. Uh, I, I felt like when he he got to Utah State, my game kind of uh, expanded a lot, and um, yeah, I just I lo- love playing for him ever since.
1: So, give us a little more details about you know what your favorite part about his offensive schemes are.
0: Um, I would just say that that like you can you can slot people into certain positions, knowing that like the the defense is going to do this on this certain play, and um, like we we put. Um, like, like, say, uh, we, we know they're going to switch a switch a screen on this, so we'll put me there, so then I'm I'm rolling into the post or something, and on a, on a little guard, it's just like um, plugging people into different spots for, uh, like based off their, their strengths and stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and really, I mean, I, I think you're at your best when you're at the post, and what I think is so impressive is when you're backing guys down, you keep your dribble alive, right? I mean, that's just got to be so tough. I see the way you kind of switch hands when you're doing that. Explain to us how that kind of sets you up to be a scorer and a sister or all, anything around the basket there.
0: Yeah, just trying to get um, deeper and deeper and into the pain until um, someone someone either helps, or if they don't help, then I have it for myself. But as soon as it helps, just try uh, to try make the right read and uh, get to the open guy.
1: How do you explain you know, the mixture of this group here to people? I mean, you've got the international group. Holdovers from last season, and you guys have come together be a really tight knit group.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, um, I think it's just basketball. You know, it's just that that's it, how it's always been for me and in, in college basketball. Just a bunch of people coming from different places all to, all together to um, play on one team together and have one one goal in mind. Joe Bamasil had a great line to Robbie after one
1: of the games where he was talking about how much depth is on this team. You know, he, say, he said, Zeb's the fastest guy with the ball. Uh, Max Shulga is one of the best shooters. And he just went through all the different guys on the team here. You know, give me your thoughts on, on a few of the guys. Like if I throw out Joe Bamisil, how would you describe him?
0: Um, just wide to score. Yeah. Toby Lawal. Athletic freak.
1: <laughs> that's, that's such a great answer right there. Sean Berista
0: uh just versatile wing who uh gets others involved.
1: I love to hear that man and I thought it was really cool talking about your relationship with Max and you know like I'm saying here everybody's kind of fallen in love with you guys. I mentioned the press conference the nickname 711. You guys are <laughs> are such a cool group here but you know to team up with each other on the court it does feel like you kind of balance each other out you know where you're so good in the paint he's so good in the out on the outside you can go off the dribble he can spot up does it feel like you guys really can work together well on the court
0: yeah i feel like we've just played together for so long now that's just um pretty natural you know this is going on our fourth year um so you know me, me and max from day one in the church have had a lot of fun playing together and we uh still do so
1: Last year at Utah State, you guys kind of peaked at the right time and got hot at the end of the season. Does it feel like that's starting to happen this year?
0: Yeah, I think, I, I think so. I think we're, um, we're still only scratching the surface of what we can do. Um, and, and that's kind of with, with Joe coming back and me coming back and just the lineups adjusted and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, think, I think definitely over these next seven games, um, we'll, we'll really use them to prepare for, the, for March.
1: What are a few things that you could point to that you think the team could improve on to reach full level of expectations that you guys have for the team?
0: Well, I don't think we've really had a had a game where we're just killing it on on both ends, you know, like if we could like defend like we did against Dayton or some of the previous games while also um, doing what we know we can do in offense, then we'll we'll be cooking
1: yeah no, I totally agree it feels like this team is so close to putting together a full 40 minutes and we're all waiting to see what that will look like here so you mentioned Coach Odom being a big part of the reason you came to Utah State So, uh, from Utah State to VCU so you know your relationship with him how would you describe it to the fan base um is it like a father figure is it like a friend is it like a coach is it all of that uh
0: I don't know. It, it, like it, it's it's a bit of it's a bit of everything. Um you know, I I can talk to him about anything like a friend, like give advice like a coach, you know, just um it's a bit of everything. He's just a a regular dude to me, you know. I don't I don't have to see him as um as coach where you have to be timid around him. He's just um a guy that that calls the plays and and calls the shots and we all respect and listen to him.
1: What are some of your hobbies outside of basketball?
0: Um i really don't have many honestly (laughs) we we just uh we just play basketball then go home and uh, watch basketball so that's really about it okay do you watch a lot of nba
1: or you stick at the college level
0: uh a bit of both um I prefer the playoffs for for NBA basketball, but college basketball, I'm a big fan of especially watching people that you know, ex-teammates and whatnot.
1: Yeah, you know, speaking of the NBA, I've always been a huge basketball fan, college and the NBA, and growing up, All-Star weekend was my favorite thing. I told the story on air yesterday, I used to run around my basement and pretend I was doing the dunk contest, the three-point contest with a Nerf hoop. It feels like it doesn't have the same juice. Are you excited for this weekend's All-Star festivities?
0: i honestly didn't even know it was this weekend <laughs> yeah. it's not the same right no, it's definitely not the same
1: yeah do, do you remember like a certain three-point contest with pager stoyakovich or a dunk contest that sticks out for your memories
0: yeah it was definitely the dunk contest that that zach lavine aaron gordon won oh but yeah i think ever since then it's kind of died off
1: yeah no i'm with you do you have any you know ideas to bring it back more no. international guys.
0: <laughs> nah, i got no idea there.
1: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you know your upbringing. It was basketball your first sport that you fell in love with, or was there another sport?
0: Uh, no, it was definitely basketball. Um, so I was the youngest of, of seven kids, and, and everyone else played. So um, from day one, it was really uh, like what I knew I wanted to do. I uh, definitely um, played other sports growing up, um, but basketball was what was always important to me. I never took any other one really that seriously
1: what was it about basketball was it seeing the ball go in the hoop was it you know the team aspect of the sport or was it just everything
0: i think it was a bit of everything mm-hmm. um for one i was good at it from a uh, from a young age so that's always always fun mm-hmm. um and then just you know m- playing with my brothers growing up you know me and my brother danny were on the same team and mm-hmm. um mom was a coach so it was yeah, it was all set up for me to just play basketball. Your
1: mom was the coach?
0: Yeah, she um she's actually a pretty good coach and <laughs> I'm not Australia. doubting her. She coached some, some some Australian teams and whatnot.
1: Yeah. What was her best set? What was the best play she would call?
0: Uh she just did like um Bobby Knight, dribble drive motion and stuff like that. Just let everyone play but play the right way.
1: Yeah. Did you ever get heated with her on the sidelines?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. But can, <laughs> can never get too mad at mom.
1: I mean, what's that like when when you're upset with it, a call from the official or something, and your mom's the coach over there?
0: Yeah, I mean, she she'd always have my back. So yeah, yeah, we we were two peas in a pod.
1: Did you ever have anger issues growing up? Like, I remember when I played, I I was I would throw a chair if I ever got missed, mad at a ref or anything like that.
0: Um I don't know about anger issues but I I just I cared so much that I would get really upset like right. I would be you know whatever 7 years old crying in the middle of the game but <laughs> <laughs> cuz it means so much to Yeah it. exactly.
1: Yeah so what would you tell you know 7 year old Sean Barstow right now based off of the accomplishments that you had in your college basketball career
0: Um don't worry you're going to grow
1: I love that. Yeah. I love that. Could you see yourself coming back to Richmond in 10 years hanging out?
0: I mean, for sure. It just depends on the situation, who's here, and you know, I'll d- I'll definitely stop by some at some point. What was
1: practice like today?
0: Uh, it was good. Um, it was it was a high d- high day, so uh, we we got a lot done and kind of prepped for St Louis a lot, and then tomorrow will be a a low day, and then obviously the game the next day. So that's kind of how it goes leading up to the game. So it's like a
1: high intensity day?
0: Yeah, it usually just goes high, low, high, low to kind of keep keep everything fresh.
1: Can you give me a little more details about what comes with uh, high intensity practice w- for Ryan Odom?
0: Uh, just a little bit longer, um, that's, re- that's really it, you just, you know, everything you do in one hour you just expand into the two and um, just more sets, more reps. Um, more, more defense and really, like, guarding um, the scout team and stuff like that and and kind of like a game day. Do you have a favorite drill? So for me, like, I always loved, you know, one-on-one
1: you only get three dribbles. Right. Do you, know, do you have a favorite drill?
0: Yeah, I mean, one-on-one's always fun, but you don't really do that too much in practice. Um, I would say favorite practice drill is just any type, of, any type of time we're just getting shots together.
1: Favorite spot on the court to get the ball. Five seconds left. You're open. Where do you want it?
0: Probably on the right block.
1: The right block? Yeah. I like that. So is that because you, you want to be able to spin and, and finish with your
0: right hand, or why is that? Um, Just get to the middle and, yeah, get to my spot.
1: Sean, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, thanks a lot. What's it going to take for the Rams to get a win
0: Friday? Just keep doing what we've been doing, play hard and um, play both ends and stick together.
1: Awesome, man. Best of luck this season. Thanks Appreciate so much. Thank you. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105 1FM. 1 Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105 1FM. 1 if you enjoyed that conversation with Sean Barrister, spread the word, tell a friend. You can let them know. They can always rewind on the Odyssey app, or check out the podcast. Each hour of the show gets up on iTunes and Spotify, and you can always check out Best of AWD Radio. That's available every day for you during your ride home. Jonathan Spires from the Richmond Biz Sense will join us at two p.m. Get the latest on the Diamond and the new ballpark we're hoping to be built. In April, or at least to be start uh, with shovels in the dirt by April for the flying squirrels, we'll talk uh, a little n f l recapping some of the Super Bowl and the commanders finishing their full search to replace an entire coaching staff and I really like the staff that Dan Quinn is putting together put together I'm calling it the second chance staff with the commanders in year two of the Josh Harris era, but this weekend. This is the NBA All-Star Weekend in Indy. It's time to go on the fast break with AWA, talking all things NBA.
2: Let's go. Let's play some basketball here. We're going on the fast break with AWA. Whoa! From buzzer-beating shots to the best highlight plays from around the league, every clutch moment. It three. The All-Stars of the league... Ah! We're out in transition. It's a breakaway. It's gone at the buzzer. It's the fast break, and AWAC talking all things NBA. All
1: right, so there are three games tonight in the NBA. as It's the final day of the first half of the NBA season before the All-Star festivities begin tomorrow. And so tonight you've got Bucks Grizzlies, TNT, 830. That's a pretty good game there course because the Grizz have Vince Williams former VC Ram and the Bucks well they've got new coach Doc Rivers they've traded for Patrick Beverly and of course two superstars in Damian Lillard and Giannis Kumpo. at night 9 p.m. you'll be able to see the Warriors against the Jazz that's the makeup game from January 17th the uh, the day before the Warriors lost their assistant coach uh, who apparently uh, passed away sad story this season in the middle of the season so that's a makeup game will be tonight at 9 p.m the Warriors desperate for wins as they have just struggled they are 500 26 and 26 yeah the team with Steph Curry Klay Thompson and Draymond Green just 500 this season the late TNT game will be the Timberwolves against the Trail Blazers as we get to what I like to call the halfway point of the NBA season. It's a little more than halfway, uh, but, of course, you got the all-star break coming up this weekend. A uh, big surprise in the Eastern Conference. Not in first place, right? Boston, everybody knew they'd be good, adding Kristaps Porzingis in the offseason, retaining their power duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So they're 43-12, and no no surprise there. Uh, 30-6 and inside of the conference in the East. But the surprise, in my mind, is the second-place team in the East. That's the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have won nine of their last ten, are now 36-17 and on the season, led by Donovan Mitchell. Third place, you have the Bucs kind of soaring into third here, made their change to... Move on from Adrian Griffin, brought in Doc Rivers, and it's championship or bust this year with the Milwaukee Bucks. You just have to be all in when you trade for Damian Lillard. And, oh, yeah, you have the MVP, the Greek freak, Giannis Adetio Kumpo. Surprising season for the New York Knicks. I thought they'd be decent, and I thought they'd be a playoff team. Didn't know they'd be 33-22 and and competing for a a top-four spot in the Eastern Conference. I, I picked... Philadelphia and Miami to finish ahead of the Knicks, but Jalen Brunson has been fantastic. Philly in the fifth spot right now, thirty-two and twenty-two. Uh, Joel Embiid, the leader for them. The Pacers are trying to push the pace. The Pacers are trying to push themselves into the top four once they get healthy uh, with Tyrese Halliburton back. It will be interesting to see how that big three with Miles Turner. Halliburton, and newly acquired Pascal Siakam works for the Pacers. Miami at seven. It's been a disappointing season for them, uh, but they have one two straight ahead of the All-Star break, and Orlando at eight, and uh, I think that's kind of surprising. Look, they were not a very good team last year or the year before that, and... It shows because they have all these first-round draft picks that are balling out, including Paolo Banchero, who's just been a stud this season. In the Western Conference, you have the Minnesota T-Wolves, number one. They figured it out defensively last year. They traded for Rudy Gobert in the middle of the year. It just didn't work out with Rudy and Karl-Anthony Towns down low, but uh, it has worked out defensively with those two this year, and Anthony Edwards has just been on a different planet this year. He's been so good for the T-Wolves. Ant Edwards, AE, averaging 26.1 points per game to go along with five rebounds and five assists. He's just been spectacular. Oklahoma City in second place, 37-17. and We knew they had a a young team with a lot of talent, but I don't think we expected them to go off like this this season. SGA, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, One of the leading scorers in the NBA, 31.1 points per game. Uh, Jalen Williams, the power forward, 19.2. Chet Holmgren, my pick for Rookie of the Year, he's been really good. 16.7 points per game and 7.6 rebounds. Also blocking 2.5 shots per game. Uh, We'll see what happens in the voting there for Rookie of the Year. Then you have the Clippers. Look, we we knew the Clippers were good if they could stay healthy. Well, they've won seven of the last ten. They're starting to get really healthy with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Um, They traded, of course, for James Harden, Russell Westbrook. There's so much star power in L.A. It's just surprising it's not for the Lakers. It's for the Clips. Denver, your NBA champions from last year, sitting pretty in fourth place. And I I expect them to actually move into the top three uh, at some point in the second half of the season. Phoenix. You know they're all in. They traded for Bradley Beal, teamed him up with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Beal just hasn't played enough games this season, uh, but Phoenix is starting to surge here. There's seven wins in their last ten to move up to fifth place. New Orleans sixth, Dallas seventh. Of course, they traded with the Wizards at the deadline to acquire forward Daniel Gafford. Kings at eighth. LeBron and the Lakers would have to play in the play-in tournament if the playoffs began today. They're 30-26, and sitting in the ninth spot. And the Warriors at 500, the 10th spot here in the NBA's Western Conference. So, we mentioned it. You've got the All-Star festivities. If you're interested in checking it out, the Rising Stars Challenge will be Friday. Saturday, you have the State Farm Kia Skills Challenge. The three-point contest. They have the new three-point contest that's gonna be one-on-one between Stephen Curry and Sabrina Ayanaska. And then the ATT slam dunk competition. It's usually my favorite competition. I just don't really like the field this year. I mean Jaime Hawkes. It's not a great leaper. How is he in the dunk contest this year? The guy's good at layups, not dunking the ball. Mac McClung's the biggest name in the dunk contest, but he hasn't even made it to the NBA. Local kid, though, I'll be rooting for him. And then on Sunday, you have the NBA All-Star Game, the 73rd All-Star Game. But while we're on the fast break with Awad, I did want to spotlight Denny Avdia's career night. Yes, it came in a losing effort for the Wizards, but 43 points for Denny Avdia. And now in the last five games, 24.4 points per game, 10.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists. He is becoming a star Right in front of our eyes is This is a young Wizards team Denny's still only 23 years old Even though he's the longest tenured current Wizard You've got Corey Kispert Who's played much better since they made the coaching change From Wes Sunsell Jr. to Brian Keefe He's now up to 15.4 points per game 4.6 rebounds in his last 5 games And has gone over 20 in 3 of those games So you've got Bilal Kulabali playing well Kispert playing well Denny Obdia playing well you know, this is a Wizards team that only has nine wins on the season. But if you're looking for a reason to watch, it's for the young talent and for the future draft picks they're going to get. As they continue to lose, you're going to see their drafts, draft stock continue to rise as it's beca- between them and the Pistons right now for the first pick in next year's NBA draft. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833 833-804- 804 Zero, nine, ten. You can bet on this year's NBA All-Star Weekend. Sign up with FanDuel, promo code AWOD. All-Star MVP, the leading is Gian- Giannis Antetokounmpo, then LeBron James. I really like taking a shot on Jason Tatum, plus 900. Uh, we know that he wants to be Kobe Bryant. They renamed the MVP trophy the Kobe Bryant Award. I wouldn't be surprised if Tatum won it this year. With the three-point contest, uh, I do really like Tyrese Halliburton uh, to win that game Uh, as he's getting back to health. He's a great three-point shooter. And then we've got between Steph Curry and Sabrina. I think you're crazy if you're going with Sabrina. He's the greatest shooter on the planet. He's he's changed the NBA with his three-point range. Steph's going to take this competition seriously and come away with the win. Phone lines are open, 833 804 910 I'm Adam Epstein, you're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 1051 FM. Welcome back! I'm Adam Epstein, you're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105 1 FM. Phone lines are always open. 833 910 Call Stubb. He'll put you on the fan with AWOD. 833 8040910. You can tweet us throughout the show at 910TheFan. You're at AWODRadio. It's a good tweet. We'll read it on air. Stub, do you know the name William Post? I do. He helped create the famous breakfast snack, Pop Tarts. He died earlier this week at 96 years old. He was a bakery manager in Michigan, ended up working with Kellogg's to create the snack. Back in 1964, that has become a timeless American classic. Stub, scale of one to ten, right now, what would you give Pop Tarts?
2: Um, they're like a seven and a half, eight. That's what I would yeah. say.
1: They're not a ten out of ten. Uh, much better, I think, when you toast them.
2: I don't. I honestly, I don't know if I've ever had a toasted Pop Tart. What? I just kind of eat them. You've never toasted the the cinnamon one? No, dude, that's the best
1: right there. What am I? What am I giving you money for here? If you're not trying things, <laughs> Are you, have you gone to Taco Bell yet?
2: It's it's Friday. Oh, okay. They do menu's Friday. I'm New waiting. Freddy? Don't worry. Right, don't worry. Right, I'm going right. to be there. All
1: right. So William Post passed away, and uh, so we wanted to celebrate his life and the creation of Pop Tarts here on an impromptu version of. Dude, food. Dude, food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? food. The most delicious food you've ever yes. I can eat this off a flip flop. (laughs) Loves food.
2: Dude,
1: food. All right, some of the most famous Pop-Tart flavors. When I'm talking about my favorite is the frosted brown sugar cinnamon. I don't know how Stubb hasn't had that toasted. Uh, have you had the s'mores version? Yes. Have you had frosted strawberry? Yes. Wild berry. My favorite. That was my favorite as a kid and then I don't think that one tastes as good when you when you heat it up though.
2: I believe that. That right. that's a cold. That's yeah, a cold, cold tart.
1: one. Um then you have pretzel. I've never no, had I that one. Pretzel. And blueberry. Are there any other um, flavors that I'm missing? You think yeah, I popular? just had
2: a uh, Boston Cream. That's Ooh, a good one. I like that. I didn't know that. that was a thing. Oh, yeah. There's an Eggo-flavored uh, one. Okay. There's Oreo. I like the Oreo ones. Yep, it's like yep. a dessert. I've had they that. Have, I've like, had cookies and cream. Yeah, they got a strawberry milkshake one. That one's a little Ooh. too sweet for me.
1: All right. I like and, that. And uh, they
2: got like a lemon, lemon meringue pie flavor as well. So
1: I've been a fan of Pop-Tarts my entire life. I will say, though, I don't usually go with a Pop-Tart for breakfast. But it's always been for me a good late night snack.
2: I see that. I, I I don't know. I think sometimes if I feel hungry, uh-huh. I'm not a much of a snacker. You're not a it's snacker? I'm not a snacker.
1: Really? You eat no, no, no. breakfast, lunch, and dinner? That's it?
2: I eat lunch and dinner.
1: Oh, you don't even br- eat breakfast? No. <laughs> you're a big, liner guy. big a guy. dinner guy. I'm a dinner guy. So I, you're telling me after dinner, you're playing Fortnite with the homies. Tomas is kicking your ass on, on Madden. He's just absolutely waxing you okay. with Russell Wilson. <laughs> all right? You're telling me you're not gonna grab some popcorn or chips or a snack?
2: No, I'll just grab like a like a soda, oh, maybe so- maybe some cranberry juice. Sody? I'm that's a, so I yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mean, I'm a, a soda? I'm, a, I'm a drinks guy. Okay, so yeah, you, even when you're watching movies, because you're a movie guy. Yeah, night.
2: oh, dude, nothing like a like a cider in a movie.
1: That is that's a weird bit.
2: Not like apple cider, what but you, like a, like a bold rock. Okay, bold rock in a movie?
1: Eh, not for me. I'll take a it's movie a and a pop tart. I'm fired up. Uh, movie and some Gushers, I'm fired up. So I've always eaten Pop-Tarts in the afternoon, late night. I always thought it's it like the most I've ever eaten Pop-Tarts, all right, when I sleep over at a, a friend's house okay, and, like, we're we're playing video games all night, and then about midnight you need a snack to keep you going, so you can make sure that he never beats you in NBA 2K, <laughs> I grab a Pop-Tart, and I would throw it in the toaster. The, it's best in the toasters that pop up, right? Oh, yeah. Right, well, the, are there
2: the, toasters that don't?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you have the conventional oven-type
2: type, uh, toaster. Oh, okay, I got not I, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that one. I think toaster.
1: Well, I, I have a toaster that doesn't pop up. That's all right? lame. And that's I, what I use for I bread. I have a real
2: toaster. You have a real toaster. <laughs> yeah. You they know. pop up.
1: Yeah, I know. But then the issue is, is like if the bagel's too fat, sometimes it gets stuck in the toaster. Oh, I don't bagel. Doesn't pop up.
2: I don't bagel. You don't,
1: you don't bagel. I don't ever, bagel. Huh? You're not Sean Barstow. <laughs> Going to Nate's <laughs> no, bagels <laughs> no, multiple I'm times not. a week. I loved that. That was the best part of the I interview. I know. My right? <laughs> I,
2: I wish my toaster's like shot him up comically high, uh-huh. like it was a cartoon, and I could catch him out of the air. Right. I, but they don't do that. It barely it barely pops <laughs> up at all. I want it to fly out of the thing.
1: All right. So while we're honoring William Post, the founder of Pop-Tarts, who died earlier this week at 96. Are you surprised that he created this snack in 1964 and it's kind of stayed exactly the same?
2: It really has. I mean, I guess I I, I wasn't there just to, to confirm that it yeah. was like it is now. I, I can say it's been the same the 23 years of my life. Yeah. But uh, 64 makes sense to me. Yeah. For and a you, Pop-Tart you know creation.
1: Is a, an underrated part of the Pop-Tart is it's shareable. Right? You really don't need two tarts, right? Well, you I can eat tarts. one and I share mean, with another. Really? I both tarts. Oh, dude. I, I Sometimes I'm cool with just half a tart.
0: But no. while
1: we're talking Pop-Tarts, I wanted to uh, bring up a topic that uh, the junkies were having some fun with when they were talking Pop-Tarts. Favorite snacks from your childhood. All right? Okay. So, number one, the first thing that popped to mind for me was fruit roll-ups. I was a fruit roll-up mark. Now, I will say, fruit by the foot. I did think was just as good as Fruit Roll-Up. Yeah, the same thing in different shapes. the same shapes. thing, different shapes and sizes. Yeah. I think the roll-ups were better, especially when they had, like, the tattoos that you could put on your tongue. You remember they those? They never worked. They, I,
2: I could never get it to really Really? Stay. I could yeah. get it to work. I, I might just have, like, had it sitting might, there, and then, hungry, a, and then I got hungry, and then I ate it. might have a bad it.
1: tongue, you know? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Fruit Roll-Ups, my favorite. Like, I mean, I would just... I couldn't stop eating those things. Okay. I, would, I would be the weird kid that was like putting them on my face and going around yeah, s- trying bet, to scare I my sister. I right? bet you were. I bet you were. Stick your tongue through it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's number one on my list. Number two, Flavor Blast Goldfish. Oh, I yeah. I could oh, yeah. pop them and not any, stop them.
2: Dude, any goldfish. Right. The the ones that are different colors but are the exact same. I, the I don't pretzels. Know how they The white do it. cheddar.
1: It just tastes all so good. Hit the
2: pizza ones.
1: And I think that I think goldfish tastes so good because of the shape of the fish. Yep. Right? Like I don't think you could make it a cheese it and it would taste the same. It's something about they got that.
2: The, they got they got those whales. The yeah. different company has those whales and they don't they're they not don't, the same. They don't they smack. Don't, yeah. They don't smack. It's gotta be a fish.
1: Yeah, it's gotta be I think it's part of like the tail at the end, has a good crunch.
2: It's like how a, a wavy chip captures more of the seasoning and yeah. that's why it's better.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. Um oatmeal cream pies. My goodness. Oh yeah. My mom had to stop buying them because I was obsessed. <laughs> I mean, I I like she would buy, you know, a 12-pack, they'd be gone in 3 days. Oh, I'm talking no, about it have one before and after every meal. No,
2: when I was young, I wasn't sneaking in the pantry grabbing things. Oh, really? I just got what if it was in my lunchbox, I would have a good time and I then I'd, I'd so move on. I got so bad
1: at, at just snacking in the pantry. My parents legit had to hang newspaper up, tape it over the pantry so I couldn't get in there. <laughs> because it was like they couldn't stop me. You know, I, I'd finish dinner, and three seconds later, were, I'd be in the pantry.
2: You were a problem child, the more that I learn oh, no. about you. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Food. You were difficult to deal with.
1: Yeah. Uh, also wanted to give a shout-out to Gushers. I mean, oh, just yeah. the, oh, yeah. the way they gushed out, so good. Uh, I feel like Gushers don't hit the same anymore. I had Gushers, like, two weeks ago. Didn't Didn't, didn't hit? No. Mm. And that's another thing, like, while we're talking about snacks, my stomach does not process candy like it did <laughs> when I was a kid. I end up in the bathroom for forty-five minutes after having candy. I've never, especially Starburst. Never been
2: a candy guy.
1: Really, I don't metabolize Starburst. Starburst anymore. That is too
2: bad. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Do you remember Nerd Rope?
2: Yeah, that's still kicking. Everyone's all about those nerd clusters right now. Glad you brought that
1: up. Nerds are making a huge comeback. They are. It, it, like, if we're talking about snacks, you have to mention the comeback with nerds. It's, it's snack attack revenge of the nerds. And it's the nerd gummy clusters. So I'm glad you've heard of them. I'm oh, obsessed yeah. with them. My friends like them, too. They had a freaking commercial in the Super Bowl. They did Bowl. have a
2: Super Bowl ad. It was the
1: giant gummy.
2: Yeah, with the bucket, the right. water bucket, classic movie scene. I forgot what movie it was, but they, they a, did the bit is it dirty it might be dirty I don't know dirty dancing Maybe, I, don't know. I don't know
1: but nerd when I saw that commercial I thought that was awesome my friend told me about a girl on TikTok who I, I want her career to fail here's what she does she eats the nerds off the nerd clusters and then puts the puts the gummy back in the box are you <laughs> kidding me that's such a sin that's a uh,
2: terrible thing to do get nerds like what <laughs> what are you
1: doing it's unbelievable like I I don't know why she, the gummies are the best part it, it,
2: it's the, and it's the worst the whole thing is that she's that got a big together. following
1: on TikTok. Stop following her, America. She's eating gummies wrong.
2: All right. I got some classic snacks from my childhood. All you right. may have never wait, heard of wait, these. Wait, uh,
1: remind the audience. When would you consider your childhood? I would say mine is 90s.
2: So like the thousands, like the late thousands, like early tens.
1: Early tens? Ugh, ugh, I hate the <laughs> sound of
2: that. Ugh. All right. So I, I think that all three of these are discontinued. Uh, but we got the Scooby Doo gummies.
1: Oh, Scooby snacks the, were in not Scooby
2: snacks. Scooby Wait. Doo gummy, like fruit gummies. Wait, th- that's this... what
1: Scooby snacks were.
2: No, no, no. Scooby snacks are like a biscuit.
1: No. Yes, dude. they are. Hey,
2: have you seen Scooby Doo?
1: Well, duh. But <laughs> Scooby snacks when I was growing up call, was the no, Scooby the Doo, was the family pack the, gummies. the matte
2: light blue one.
1: I'm just nothing sa- has ever been
2: made that is like. We that.
1: Co- I'm just saying you come from a different de- generation. I don't even know if you're aware of who Scooby Doo actually is. Oh, you probably don't come at me with that. Don't come at me with that. I love Scooby Doo. Don't come at me with that. You're probably a scrappy guy. Oh, Scrappy
0: Doo. I
2: did you know the story of the end of Scrappy Doo? What? What's that? So James Gunn wrote the live-action Scooby Doo movie. Okay, who directed the Guardians uh, Galaxy movies? And he hates Scrappy Doo. Absolutely despises Scrappy Doo. As everyone knows, Scooby's the best. And, And he made the director make Scrappy Doo the villain of the movie. And then they kill him at the end of the movie. They and Scrappy-Doo has food? been in no media since they killed him in that movie. Wow. That's, that's a little, yeah.
1: That's a pretty yeah. good tidbit right there. I have, no, I have, but I have, I but like growing up, when we said, can I have some Scooby Snacks? We were talking about the family Pack gummies.
2: Well, you're wrong because that, that's not what a Scooby Snack is.
1: Well, obviously it's not a Scooby Snack because we're not going to eat dog food, you idiot. Well,
2: no, no, who, who no they sell Scooby Snacks. It's a different snack.
1: Yeah, who wants to eat you know a graham cracker?
2: All right, my next thing is Yogos. Ooh, you ever have a yogurt? They were like, it they familiar. were yogurt balls? Like, oh, spheres? Yeah yeah, yeah yeah.
1: Those were, those oh, were, dude, weird. nothing
2: like them. Oh,
1: I didn't like the way it ma- t- tasted. Oh, on my I tongue. love them. And yeah. then my
2: last was Grips. There was Cheez It, Chips Ahoy, and something else. They were these little tiny, Let me see. they came in like a little package. Oh, they, and they came they in a little package. Thi- yeah, they yeah. were tiny little Cheez Its that you poured into your hand and ate them. Yep, that's a good one. They're both gone now. So really? Can't, yeah, they're both, no, no, no Grips, no yogos.
1: Um, you know what's a, a great one that I'm forgetting about what the, what it was called? It was like the Frito, but it was like twisted.
2: Oh yeah, those are those barbecue. are there's two. There's there's the chili barbecue yes. and then there's another there's another kind. I love a Frito twist.
1: Those are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they're called flavor twists. Yeah. Frito's yeah, yeah. flavor twists might be the best snack out there if we missed any good snacks from your childhood and uh you weren't born in the 2000s give us a call 833 804 stub speaks for gen z we don't need to hear from anyone else gen z <laughs> all right phone lines are open 833 you're listening to awod on the fan